too busy to rest in God? Time to rediscover your priorities. Welcome to the Pastor's Voice. I am Rule Sample, and I am passionate about Christian worldview. I talk to pastors and Christian leaders to encourage all believers in Jesus to live out a life of discipleship and faith. Today, I conclude my conversation with Rachel Harrington, host of the Unadulterated Heart podcast. We talk about our lack of rest, our focus on worship wars, the noise of social media, and how all that distracts us from our first love, which is following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just moved here to North Carolina from our home in Tennessee, so I'm still getting used to this house. But in our old home in Tennessee, I had a room downstairs in the basement where uh, in the in the evening or in the morning, you go downstairs, you close the door, and you're in pitch darkness. Hmm. And I would go there in those times when I realized, just as you're saying, that I was going to God with a list of petitions instead of going just to listen. And you're right. Sometimes you've got to get away from everything. Right. And when you are sitting alone in the pitch black, mm. listening for God and listening to God, it is a tough thing to do, especially for Americans when we're trying to, when we're trained to do you know, everything that a moment sitting is a moment wasted mm. and doing what you're suggesting is going and listening and, and being, and just being with God. Why do you think most people don't do that? Because they don't know how to rest. Nobody knows how to rest anymore. They, they think that resting is autopilot. I know this because I, uh, that is how I got burned out is because my resting was autopilot. Specifically, I would come home from all of that busyness because like you said, Americans, very, very busy multitaskers. Okay. So with that and the, the digital age, like technology is awesome, but it's also very distracting and it makes us multitask a lot more because we're, you know, answering phone calls, answering texts, answering emails, having, having social media right at our fingertips. Then, uh, the TV there's, there's tons and tons of options of television to watch, you know, think about like way back in the day, back in Jesus's time, there was not all of that distraction, uh, there's so much, there's, there's too many options and all of this, our, our minds get so jumbled. And, and we, I know that for myself, when I come home from a long day, the last thing that I want to do is think more. So the, I think the problem is people think that getting with the Lord will, ha will be more work. It's more work. Reading the Bible is, is work. Um, you know, worshiping work that, is, you know, learning work, all of that is more work. So they don't want to do it, but the, that is a misconception because <laughs> the most amazing times that I've had with the Lord are times where I am just resting in his presence, just sitting there with the, with the music on, quieting my mind and thinking about him and talking to him like he's my friend because he is. We, 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 need, to, we need to learn how to rest in the Lord. It is so important to our growth. It sounds so contradictory, doesn't it? Like mm -hmm. the, the biggest way to grow is to, 
slow down. <laughs> like, well, we often forget that rest, the Sabbath, is a yeah. creational mandate and a creational gift. Right. Is that God gave us rest. He ordered us, commanded us to rest. That's right. And we don't do when we don't do that, it it affects everything. It really does. It really does. You're right. He did. He commanded it. And he he was an example. He was an example of rest. He mm -hmm. also rested. You know, God the creator, he didn't need to. He he does not need to rest. He does not weary or get tired. But he rested to show us how important it is. Like it's, it's mind blowing how we just act like that is, uh, can be pushed to the side. I, I could rest or I couldn't rest. It's cool. No, it is massively important that you rest you need to, to rest your eyes from, uh, things that don't matter too. And like I said, with autopilot, that's that it's such, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous to get into the, the habit of, of autopilot, like coming home from work and then just turn on the, on the TV, coming home from work and sitting down and scrolling through your phone, coming home from work and sitting down and playing video games for the rest of the evening. It's very, very dangerous to get into that habit because then here, like, think about it for real, be honest with yourself. What are your priorities? Work, I get it. It's essential. You need, you need to earn a living and make money. Totally understand ministries. You were called there. Sure. Do it. Absolutely. Uh, but when you get home, what is your priority? Is it your flesh? Is it to pamper your flesh and to sit down and like watch your favorite show or like whatever, play video games or whatever? Because if it is, I would really just challenge you to examine your heart and ask the father to create a hunger inside of you again, because maybe you've lost it. How can the church help with this? You know, you, you started by saying we, we have a problem with the American church. And, and I absolutely agree with you. I was a pastor oh. in the American church. Yeah. How can the American church help people not only understanding this concept of rest, but understanding this concept of needing time with God, this uh, going to the secret place and helping people get this spirit of power that you are mm -hmm. so filled with? Oh, man, thank you. Yes, I I think that the church can <coughs> help by demonstrating the excitement of it pastors need to get childlike again. Maybe some pastors need to get back into a little bit deeper of a secret place as well. Not saying that they're not. Absolutely. I'm sure that they are. But to even go deeper, expand their minds, maybe take God out of a box. If, if they've placed him in some sort of uh, denominational box that he lives in, maybe take him out a little bit to breathe and maybe God will fill them with some new revelation. And maybe like, uh, I think that, um, with, with the power, it's important for us to be always growing and demonstrating Holy spirit power because the great commission, Jesus said his words. And I just don't understand how people can think that it ended with the early church with that. We should be 
laying our hands on the sick and they will recover, casting out demons in the name of Jesus, that uh, raising the dead, that's pretty intense. Uh, prophesying, Paul was like very intent in, in talking about uh, the, the fact that everyone should desire to prophesy. Now, not saying that everybody should just now be a prophet. Nope, that's not it. But prophecy is edifying. It's It's very like... It's relying on Holy Spirit to give a word to somebody that you're speaking to that otherwise you wouldn't have known that they needed. And that that's that could it's so I think what it is too is that we need to not think that it has to do with us. There it, we're not so spiritual. Like I'm not I'm not this hyper spiritual person that is special in some sort of way and I've received some sort of amazing power that people can't know. I'm, I'm just a little country girl from green County who just so happens to love Jesus with their whole heart and want to press in for everything that he has for me. If we could just expand our minds and think that maybe just maybe we don't know everything that there is to know about God and like kind of put down our pride a little bit. I think humility is huge we need to, you know, maybe get a little bit more humble before the Lord and admit that maybe we could be wrong about some things and then allow him to shape us, you know, uh, be humble enough to uh, admit that he's so big that he just might want to work through me in ways that I w- really wouldn't understand. Or, so, or perhaps might not even like. Yes. Maybe it'll make us a little uncomfortable, you know, like we need to get a little uncomfortable, I think, you know, to, to open our minds and, and be less judgmental because that's, that's another thing that, that, uh, Christian, the church in general, the whole denomination thing where we're so judgmental towards each other sometimes. Mm. Oh, they, you know, they worship it with the hymns. So they're boring or something like lack of power. And then all of them over there, they're raising their hands, singing hallelujah with the guitar. So they're, you know, hyper spiritual. They're not, they're praising themselves. How about everybody just knock it off and quit judging each other and just seek the Lord on their own and let God deal with all of that other stuff. Like it's none of our business if their worship is different than ours and we don't think it's the right way. Like here, here's the, here's the bottom line. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for your sins, rose from the dead so that you can be made right unto the father? Oh, you do? Cool. Then we have the same exact purpose and that's to bring more and more people to be saved, not worry about these things that divide us, such as the way we worship or something like that. I mean, if it's demonic, okay, let's check each other in the spirit and like, you know, approach them in love, but we need to love each other better. We need to grow in love. The worship wars of the, of the 1990s and the the early 2000s accomplished, accomplished nothing. They accomplished nothing except put uh, walls up between churches and between Christians at exactly at, at, at the moments when we didn't need those walls, we needed to be united to face the issues that, that, that we have. Exactly. Like, how are we supposed to show America what a united church is? If we can't even uh, 
if we're getting so wrapped up in like, oh, you know, they are speaking in tongues and that should be in the olden days or whatever. It's just, I'm just, that's an example, but like, <laughs> we, you know, we need to just get out of our own way sometimes and allow God to just do what he wants to do for goodness sake. And then just love each other. Because here's the deal. If we could all just think about growing in love, then all of those things would fall into place because love isn't jealous and like holding a record of wrongs and like love isn't like, you know, just being all judgy and all of that, like, uh, pointing out mistakes and, and all of that. It's love is, is approaching somebody if they, if they're really checked by Holy spirit, like, yo, I think that was actually way out of line, uh, or something like that. There's a healthy way to approach it, but like just judging other churches, outwardly like speaking about it and stuff that is that's not okay you're in the wrong then if you're being outwardly judgmental about another brother or sister then you are in the wrong because he like he says i think it's in first john i'm not very good that's one thing like i know so many scriptures and i never know where they are and it's okay it's it's all good god said it was fine but like it if you can't even love your brother or sister then how are you supposed to love the unbeliever for real? Well, exactly. And scripture even says never, ever, ever take a Christian to court. Uh, mm. Why? Because it, it airs the differences in the Christian body that outsiders should not see. Uh, right. And it's, it's along the same exact lines that you were talking about. Now, Rachel, you've covered a whole bunch of things, but uh, okay. one of the things I ask you uh, to do today is to prepare a message for the people of God. What okay. is your word for us today? Oh, I love it. So my main message to the people of God, it comes from Revelation 2 and Matthew 18, that we need to not forsake our first love. We need to not take advantage of the grace that we have received. We, he's looking for those that burn with passion for him. The way we can do this is by coming like him as a child again. Uh, my podcast called Unadulting, Unadulterated Heart is because we need to unadult ourselves sometimes. We get, we get so bogged down by being an adult that we forget how to imagine. We forget how to create. So we need to humble ourselves again, walk with him in the garden, like he intended from the beginning, whatever it is like that is holding you back, just repent and fully accept his forgiveness. Some of the, the hardest things to do is to forgive yourself. But here's the thing here. Here's something to challenge somebody. If God has forgiven you, if you've repented of a sin specifically, uh, you know, you say, say you were, uh, you know, sleeping with your fiance and you know that you should not be until married and you repented of it and you're turned away and you're no longer doing that thing. Then he no longer sees you doing that thing. He's forgiven you. If you hold yourself to judgment, then pretty much what you're saying, you're calling him a liar by saying that he is that, that because if you can't forgive yourself and you're holding on to it, th th it's a, it's a something that is, you're now holding yourself back because he has forgiven you. You should be set free. Whoever Christ sets free, you're free indeed. So just be free. There's no condemnation in those that are in Christ, no shame, no shame. So shame is a lie. 
And so after, after you realize that he isn't annoyed and irritated with you and that he truly forgives whenever you ask for forgiveness, then you can really truly walk in freedom. And then you can walk in your destiny knowing that he is for you fully because you're not a slave. You're his child. So you don't have to strive. You don't have to strive to be a child. You can't make him love you any more than he already does right now. When your conscience is clear, life with him is exciting. And it's like 1000% easier to walk the Christian walk when you are in love and you recognize who you are as a child and your authority in Jesus. Mm, it doesn't get any better than that. Wow. <laughs> Rachel Harrington, how can people help you, support you, or pray for you for your podcast? Oh, yes, please. All I ask is pray for wisdom, uh, guidance always. Uh, I, this is fully led by Jesus. I allow him to take take a hold of every single episode. Um, so just wisdom um, and go on and subs subscribe. It really, that that's about it. I, I just covet prayers because it's all Holy Spirit led. And truly, I'm, I'm doing it only to reach the people who God wants me to reach. And that's it. It's not for me. It's for him. So prayers and subscribe if you're if you're blessed by it. And thank you. That's the Unadulterated Heart podcast. And you are on Apple Podcasts and all the other major ones as well. Yep. I will uh, make sure that uh, you check the show notes. Uh, the links will be there. And folks, listen, all you have to do is uh, uh, put your earphones in, listen to her podcast, and you'll be able to touch a light bulb and light it up. I'm telling you, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's that much power flowing here. So, wow. uh, Rachel, it has been an absolute joy and a privilege talking to you. May God bless you in your ministry. Thank you so much. It has been such an honor. So excited. Thank you for, for having me on today. Be sure to check out Rachel's podcast, The Unadulterated Heart, on Spotify or any of the other major networks. The link is in the show notes. We would also appreciate your help in keeping the pastor's voice going. Please use the support the show link to give any amount to help us cover our expenses. If you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. I am Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.